Podcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, taking the pulse of educators from all over the globe and bringing what you need every week. When you need answers, you go to the experts created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Ignite EdTech podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. I really appreciate the positive feedback and kind words sent to me about the new name and format of this podcast. It wouldn't be possible without you. So thank you for listening and continuing to spread the word to your PLN and colleagues. The Ignite EdTech podcast will continue to drop a new episode every week and will bring you news, tips, solutions, ways of learning and interviews with the best of the best in the education and EdTech industry. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I encouraged you to think about your one word for 2021. I hope you took the opportunity to do that. I encourage you to check out the social streams to see what others said and listen back to last week's episode. Here are some hashtag one words shared by you that I received that might inspire and motivate you for 2021. Hashtag inspire. Hashtag me. Hashtag family. Hashtag balance. Hashtag strategic. And hashtag connect. This week, I want you to piggyback on my prompt from last week and think about how you will take action to ensure your one word becomes a reality. My one word is create, and I'll be doing this by ensuring this podcast is in the hands of more people to connect, learn, and engage with EdTech in all corners of the globe for free. I will continue to create opportunities for others to create and learn with professional learning, and I will work with EdTech companies to help them create better solutions that solve schools' problems in a more authentic and purposeful way. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Remind. Remind is a communication platform that helps educators reach students and parents where they are. It is fast, accessible and effective. I've even used Remind as a way of sharing updates about the What Is School chat with my PLN and interested educators globally. With Remind, messages are sent in real time to an entire class, group or just a single person. You can also schedule announcements ahead of time and attach photos and other files. To reach every family, you can translate your messages into more than 90 languages before you send, and use delivery receipts to see who's reading your messages. I highly recommend that you take a look at Remind.com. The link is in the description below. Last week, we talked about my top 5 trends of 2021. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week... I wanted to spend some time talking about well-being and the importance of looking after ourselves and those around us. After the year that was 2020, we're all in different places when it comes to well-being. A lot of people are finding things difficult with extended lockdowns, remote learning, and time confined in spaces. Over the past months, we've all had it tough in different ways, shapes, and forms. And I consider myself lucky being based in Singapore, having such a short period of intense lockdown. 
The Singapore government has done an amazing job at managing this situation, which has meant that we're living a reasonably normal life with some restrictions and of course mask wearing at all times. With family and friends all over the world and being connected to educators in literally every corner of the globe, I'm very well aware that times are tough and people are struggling both personally and professionally. When it comes to well-being, I don't think schools and educational organisations are doing enough, and as teachers, we are the worst people at looking after ourselves. At times like this, however, if we don't take time to look after number one, everything else around us will fall apart. I've seen this with several colleagues and friends, and I don't want to see it with anyone else. Focus on yourself, and take time out of your day, every day, to do something that will make you feel at ease. Look after your well-being by doing exercise, speaking to someone about something that makes you smile, or just being at peace with yourself. The conversations I have with others control the way I feel, and I truly believe that. My mood and my energy is dependent on the people around me and the conversations I have. Surround yourself with people that make you smile, people that give you positive vibes, and with people you love and truly care about. Thinking now about the well-being of others and the duty of care we have for our students in our classroom and school, we need to ensure that we're doing everything we can to look after them during these trying times. That also goes for supporting parents and their role as a guide on the side during remote learning. Take some time now by pausing this podcast to think about what you're currently doing to support the well-being of your students and your parents and write it down. Go. Now that you've written down these thoughts and ideas, reflect on what you can do without impacting on your own well-being to better support your students and your parents. Could you provide more targeted resources that help them in their learning, engaging resources that create learning experience that will thrive from, and can you support parents in their well-being by reducing workload and pressure at home? With some of these minor changes, you'll go a long way to improving your own and others' well-being. Two of my favorite well-being resources that have surfaced during this pandemic have been ClanBeat and DigiSocial. ClanBeat are at the heart of digital transformation in the wellness space with a new app that empowers students and teachers to promote well-being and self-directed learning. Their team, based out of Estonia, is working with schools all over the world to help them support student well-being in a way that's more targeted, accessible, and engaging, with some incredible data and analytics to support you in the well-being of your learners. They're currently looking for educators globally who are willing to work with them to develop case studies in this space. If you want to know more, please don't hesitate to ask me for a connection or reach out to the incredible team at clanbeat.com. The link is in the description below. The other digital tool that I've seen used extremely well in schools and with parents in Australia is DigiSocial. DigiSocial is a world-first digital life training platform for children that focuses on and empowers 10 to 13-year-olds with skills and knowledge to prepare and protect them online. It's social media with training wheels, and the app is easy to use and ingrained with research and pedagogy. I highly recommend you take a look and chat to the team at DigiSocial to see how they can support your learners with their digital wellness journey. Learn more at digisocial.com. The link is in the description below. Please, please, please share your ideas and resources for well-being so we can discuss them on next week's show. I would love to hear from you. 
Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Matt Miller. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Matt Miller. You might know him as at jmattmiller on Twitter or from his Ditch That Textbook blog. Matt and I have been connected for a long time and I'm constantly inspired by his sharing. Matt is an educator, author of four amazing books and a self-proclaimed and world-famous textbook ditcher. Matt, it's an incredible pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? I am ready, Craig, and thank you so much for having me on the show. All right, let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So right now... um, I am doing an awful lot of professional development. We were just talking off air a moment ago about how there's, um, you know, this, this huge demand, I'd call it kind of like a hunger for information right now in light of the, you know, the, the remote learning and the school closures and the pandemic and everything of, um, educators just trying to get things changed around. And so I do an awful lot of, um, professional development, with teachers, used to do it a lot in person, now doing a lot of it virtually. Um, I also get the privilege of getting to write books from time to time. I have a new book called Tech Like a Pirate that's out. It's all about uh, student engagement with technology. And, uh, you know, really in line with that whole ditch that textbook thing, you know, I, I ditched my textbooks when I was a high school Spanish teacher and saw the freedom that it gave me and the opportunities it gave me to incorporate technology and do things differently. And so that's really sort of my passion right now is to talk to other educators, share with them some practical, concrete ideas and help them to see that that teaching can be more than marching chapter by chapter through a textbook and, and assigning worksheets afterwards. Yeah, it's an exciting journey that you've been on as well. And what about your best advice for educators listening today? in relation to educational technology? Oh man, Uh, there's so much, you know. As far as using technology, I think one of the big things for me, um, one of the things I love to be able to share with people is that you don't have to be a tech genius and you don't have to know it all. I think with some of the educators that that I talk with, that's sort of the feeling that they have. They'll tell me, oh, I'm not techie. And so I don't use much of that technology stuff. I maybe check my email, but only because I have to. Truth is, is that you don't have to be techie. I don't even know what it means to be techie. And I don't think that they really do either. Um, I think they set it up as this sort of level of achievement that they don't think that they can ever reach. And the truth is, is that all we need is what we need to accomplish our goals. And so that could mean picking out, you know, one particular tool that helps you to kick learning up a notch in a particular activity that you do or a particular unit of study that you do with your students. Or maybe it's one tool that helps you to have discussions and adds a new dynamic to it in a way that you didn't before. And if you find one of those things, then, you know go for it and use it. You don't have to know all of the stuff. You don't have to be on the cutting, bleeding edge. The little secret that I like to drop in into this conversation is that I'm not even on the cutting, bleeding edge. There are lots of things going on in educational technology that I don't know about. I try to keep up on them as best as I can. I know about a lot of it, but I definitely don't know all of it. And I don't think anybody should be expected to. So I'd say 
for those that are using technology, I would just sum it up, you know, just very, very simply as you don't have to use it all and you don't have to know it all. Just use what's helpful to you. I think it's great advice. And you mentioned, you know, a couple of ed tech tools and identifying one thing that that might suit your need or solve your problem. What's an ed tech tool that you're currently loving using in your day-to-day work? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think for me, and <laughs> I hope this isn't a disappointing answer because this isn't like a flashy, brand new, nobody knows about it, changes your life type of tool. Um, for me, it's got to be slide presentation tools, you know, using something like um, Google Slides or PowerPoint. And the reason I say that, and if anybody's ever heard me on a podcast before, they've probably heard me talking about uh, Google Slides and PowerPoint. So again, sorry if this is a, <laughs> this is a disappointment, but the, the reason that I bring it up is that it can be used in so many different ways other than oral presentations. I just saw someone online saying how they don't even like to use, um, you know, Google Docs or Microsoft Word anymore because um, you know, slides and PowerPoint empowers them to do design. You know, it allows them to put things exactly where they want because, you know, uh, Docs and Word are so linear and they really sort of cut off where you can put things. But it also allows you to do some some really cool stuff. Like um, I've created a whole bunch of uh, Google Slides and PowerPoint templates that recreate the user experience of some of the social media apps that students love, you know, stuff like uh, Snapchat and Instagram and all of that. And the thing I love about that is that if they do their work in slides and it feels like and looks like Snapchat or Instagram, then it sort of transforms the experience. And then they don't have to have the app for it because you don't need the app to create the experience. So it kind of recreates the idea of something like Instagram stories. You can add images and you can add videos. And it feels like you're adding to an Instagram story, but you're actually using Google Slides, a tool that students have access to. So there's that. And then when you start thinking about some of the other cool stuff you can do with it, like um, you know, you, you use it to create stop motion animation where each slide has just a little bit of a change and you flip through them really fast. Or if you think about the slide to slide linking where you can create things like choose your own adventure stories. I mean, the the possibilities really are endless, I think, when it comes to slides. And it also means that you don't need to go grab another app. Like, you know, probably so many of our students have so many different apps that they have to learn for all of their different classes. And if you can keep it simple to one thing that they're already familiar with and use that for multiple uses instead of finding multiple apps that you have to teach students and they have to get used to it. I think that's really key too. So all reasons why I'm a huge fan of slides and PowerPoint. I love your justification, Matt, because when I, when I ask this question to other guests as well, it's always um, a new fresh tool. And we often forget about some of these things that have become a staple in our ed tech diet, but things that we really use quite well uh, every day. So I'm pleased you brought that up and I, and I love your reasoning why as well, because I think that why is always critically important to justifying the, the use of an ed tech tool in, in any environment. And as an educator, Matt, learning super important to us. What's one book or resource that you've been reading lately or just one of your all-time favorites and tell us why we should be exploring it? Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been reading an awful lot and listening to audiobooks and, you know, just probably like anybody else, I've been 
you know, just, just diving into all of the great things that are available. And, you know, one um, particular book that I am really in love with is Culturally Responsive Teaching in the Brain uh, by Zaretta Hammond. And I love that book on a number of levels. Uh, for one, it was my introduction into culturally responsive teaching. And, you know, in the, the world that we live in, especially here in the United States, we're trying to wrestle with the idea of making education equitable to everyone, making sure that everyone feels like they have a voice and they feel like they're represented and that they're not marginalized. And culturally responsive teaching is a way of looking at how we can be responsive to other people's cultures so that we, you know, we see them, we value them, they're reflected in our teaching so that those students, especially, you know, in minority groups that might feel left out, feel like they're included. So that's one level that I love about this book. But the other one is that it does talk about the brain. There is an awful lot in there about cognitive science, which is a, it's it's something that I'm definitely not trained in, but I am fascinated by right now. You know, the idea of how the brain prefers to learn, you know, when it works optimally. And so Zaretta Hammond in the book identifies a lot of the, the key components of cognitive science as they refer to education. And then she shows us how they can show up in our classroom so that when we teach, we're teaching in a way that connects best with the way that the brain learns. And so, my goodness, when you put those two things together, you can have some really, really positive changes. So, um, you know, that's one that... I just devoured and then we'll come back to over and over again. Culturally Responsive Teaching in the Brain by Zaretta Hammond. Thanks for sharing that, Matt. It's amazing. I've heard of it before, but I'm going to go away after this and look at it and maybe buy it and take a a deeper dive into it as well. And I'll make sure the link to it is in the description below. Now, on top of everything you do, Matt, you're also a published author of several books and one in particular that you've recently launched Tell us a little bit about your books and what inspired you to write them and why should we read them? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to, to talk about that. So um, to, to start off about what inspired me to write them, I never thought, <laughs> I shouldn't say that I never thought that I would be an author, but um, I thought that maybe it might be the culmination of like a really long education profession. And like, I might get an opportunity to write one at the end. And so this was something that was kind of like beyond my, my wildest dreams to get to, to write multiple books. And so the one that I wrote most recently is called tech like a pirate. Now, um, if you're not familiar with Dave Burgess's teach like a pirate, this, uh, title may sound sort of silly to you, but, um, in Teach Like a Pirate by Dave Burgess, I read this book like seven years ago, and there was this one line that just kept ringing in my ears, and it was, don't just teach a lesson, create an experience. And I remember reading that, and I thought, oh my goodness, that is the kind of class that I want to teach. And so I started brainstorming all of these ways I could do it, and it seemed like all of those ways had technology in them. And so I didn't realize it at the time, but for the last seven years, basically, I've been writing Tech Like a Pirate. And so Tech Like a Pirate is basically a follow-up to Dave Burgess's book. And it's all about using technology for student engagement. It asks, how can we create uh, unforgettable learning experiences with the technology that we have in our classroom? And so it breaks it down into seven key ways to Tech Like a Pirate. I've got lots of examples and everything in that book. So if you're looking for ways to get your students excited about learning, and I feel like 
in this, you know, pandemic era where, um, you know, teachers are, are trying to figure out how to make their technology work. Sometimes student engagement, getting them excited about learning goes on the back burner. And so this gives you lots of plug and play ways that you can use it. So there's that. I'll give you the quick elevator pitch of the other ones real fast. There's my original Ditch, uh, ditch That Textbook, which talks a little bit about my own journey of teaching without textbooks. And it basically just answers the question, if we didn't rely so much on our textbooks and our classes, what might that look like? And so it gives some, some practical examples. I also co-authored Ditch That Homework with Alice Keeler, which I know is sort of a... Uh, you know, sort of a controversial topic, ditching homework. Basically in that book, we answer this question. We say, if we didn't give as much homework and we wanted to do something else, what would that look like? You know, it's kind of like if you aren't getting the results out of your homework and you want to change, what might you try? So that's what that book's about. And then the final one, trying to do this fast, is um, Don't Ditch That Tech, which I, I co-authored with Nate and Angie Ridgeway. And that one's all about differentiated instruction with technology. So it gives lots of practical ideas for how you can bring differentiation into your classroom. Whew, I think that's all of them. <laughs> it's amazing, Matt. And I just honestly don't know how you find time to do it. And you probably don't know how it's happened either, because it's been such a whirlwind journey for you. And I've absolutely loved listening and learning to your journey in a really short time frame today, but I'm excited to learn more. And I'm sure the listeners are too. What's the best way for them to follow and connect with you? Oh, um, probably the best way is to go to my website, ditchthattextbook.com. It's got links to everything. In fact, if it's okay with you, I'd like, I've got something that I can give away for free to your listeners. Are you okay with that, Craig? Absolutely. Awesome. Um, so if they go to ditchthattextbook.com slash 101, I have these three free ebooks that they can get. Uh, one of them is called 101 Practical Ways to Ditch That Textbook. So if you're looking for ideas that bring in technology, creativity, innovation, um, the kind of stuff that really fits well in remote learning settings as well as face-to-face, um, there's that. There's another one called 101 Ways to Ditch That Textbook with G Suite that's focused mostly on using Google tools. And then I've also got another ebook uh, called 50 Free Templates for Teachers. These are all downloadable things. You know, the kind of stuff that teachers sometimes buy on Teachers Pay Teachers, but that's all for free. So if they wanted to get those, ditchthattextbook.com slash 101 is the place to get that. And I'm really active on Twitter as well. So at jmattmiller, I uh, would love to to, to catch up with people there too. Matt, thank you so much for your time today. Those links will be in the description below. I appreciate it and I look forward to catching up with you again soon. It's been great. Thanks so much, Craig. Next week, join me for episode 36 of the EdTech Chat podcast when I'm joined by Sean Gallard and Miles Webb. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully subscribing to the Ignite EdTech podcast. Last week, I gave away copies of Holly Clark's books. To win, you needed to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winners have already been contacted directly by me, and they are... Bridget Crooks and Chris Mott. Congratulations to both of you. This week, I'm giving away two copies of Sean Gallard's book, The Pepper Effect, Tap Into the Magic of Creativity, Collaboration and Innovation. To win this incredible prize, you need to go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. 
It will take you less than a minute to do. The link is in the description below. Competition closes on Wednesday the 10th of February and the winners will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. Thank you for being an extremely important part of the Ignite EdTech podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please smash that subscribe button and share it with your colleagues, friends and family. Please remember to spend two minutes to rate the podcast so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Please share your favorite part of today's episode by tagging me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And please don't hesitate to ask me questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description below for more, and I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.